Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming your weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hello everyone welcome back to the hja podcast it's me danny and i'm here with mishi hello mishi hello um we are not with ashley today because ashley is currently driving to the airport she's on her way to phoenix for our rest retreat in sedona and then you and i are leaving tomorrow for that retreat oh early 3 30 in the morning 
She's going early because she has to pick up things and um, do some prep work. And then, yeah, I, I go to the airport at like, my I arrive in Phoenix at 7.30. Oh my gosh. What time so are you? I'm, I, I mean, my flight is at seven and then the time zone happens. Uh, okay, duh. Okay. I arrive at 7.30, but, but still it's really early. So much work on the laptop will be getting done while I wait for all of you guys to meet me at the rental center for the car at 12. <laughs> so I'm just probably just going to sit there and work. So but I'm so well, maybe you can um, pick up a good rental early. <laughs> well, it's a minivan. Uh, you guys, so I bought, we, we rented a minivan, like a, not a minivan, sorry, a passenger van. If it's, 15 people Basically, I think there's like uh, seven or eight of us yeah. <laughs> I will not be driving will not no, be driving Ashley can drive Ashley can be the one that drives she's like done some camper trailers and things like that so I'll allow it but the trip is going to be so good yeah. I'm very excited um you guys don't even know <laughs> listening how much fun it's going to be and I was thinking about it this morning, like, um, you know, you just don't get to go on trips where like everyone is on the exact same page like yeah. this. Like, and we asked some questions prior, you know, for people like I did a survey, you know, you know, how intensely do you feel about like your eating schedule? <laughs> I forget how I worded the question, but I was like, if we are late for lunch, you know, will you kill everyone or be totally fine just like give us a really good idea of like exactly what everyone needs and everyone was like if I don't eat when I'm hungry I will kill everyone so I was like okay okay. (laughs) that's easy we're gonna stick to a really tight food schedule you know everyone's gonna have like a full breakfast it's going to be normal for everyone to be eating it's almost like a recovery retreat I think it's gonna be really cool yeah, it's great. It is all the polls that we have done. Everybody relatively answers very similarly. So you know that we're really are all on the same page. And you really, even when you're with some of like your closest friends, I'm just speaking for my own self. Like sometimes I, after my journey, I just don't feel like I'm as connected to them as I was before, or sometimes like on the same page. So it is really hard um again speaking from my own experience to like really find a lot of like-minded people in this world so I'm so pumped to be in a room full of just like all women who just like get it we're all on the same page oh even on our last minute hey let's switch this one hike out to all go play pickleball I think everyone so far has said yes (laughs) so yeah it's gonna be really cool if you guys want to come on a trip with us our next one is um, in March, March 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th, um, in Joshua Tree, California. So I've never been to Joshua Tree. I'm really excited. Ashley has lived in that area. So she's going to be our land expert for that time. But it is such a beautiful national park. So we're renting a house there, doing the exact same thing. So if you guys want to come um, and hang with us and be best friends, please do. Yes, and March is going to be here before you know it. So don't you wait. No, yeah, we're um taking deposits now for that. So if you want to grab one, go to the hasociety.com forward slash retreat, or there's a link in the navigation bar on the website. And 
um, you can kind of register interest there and download the information PDF. And then I will respond to you and see and invite you um, if you're a fit, if you want to come. But alas, today we have a topic that we need to be discussing. Um, Mishi had the ever popular suggestion of asking about like kind of exercise journeys, the future of exercise for people going through recovery. I think it's a really good question. I have my own interpretation of what that um, topic, sorry, means. What's your, like, how do you envision answering that question? Answering that question of like- Well, yeah, like, what, what does it mean? What does it mean to say like my exercise journey? Oh, just kind of talking about like how it started, like what sparked my interest in even- going to the gym and what sparked my interest in fitness, things of that nature and how that evolved and then how that impacted my HA recovery and then what it looks like on like the other side now and how it differs and how I feel about exercise now being in a, having a better relationship with exercise and just being in a like more recovered mindset. Was that similar to yours? Yeah, no, exactly. So uh, I think it's a popular question is just like, will I be able to go back? What does it look like? How do I um, do it safely? Will I ever be able to do it safely? And a lot of like, there's a lot of uncertainty and discomfort in not knowing the future. Like that's always the thing. What does the future hold? Will I be able to do this? Will I always be super sensitive about it? Um, And I think that that is a fair question or a fair um concern but let's just kick off with yours I feel like you you have said you've never really been a huge on exercise yourself but like what is your history and oh my history and my well I was always a gymnast so like I had like an 18 year long career so I didn't really I guess I didn't really start going to the gym until like, um, I was in college. I did do gymnastics in college, but, um, I started like wanting to, um, I don't know. I just got into, even though I was lifting, going to the gym for gymnastics, I still had this need to like, I need to be going to the gym and exercising. I would like go, I just like, remember Maybe it was like one of my teammates that was highly influencing me. We just like had this routine that we would do the same things. Like we would literally spend like three hours at the gym. It was so stupid. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of like where that started. But I also was dealing with like some body image struggles in college as well as like, you know, the um, coach wanted us, was never said. It's always kind of just like interpreted um, of like wanting a certain body type and just like, I didn't fit that body type. And I was just like, I guess that's where my need to go to the gym came into. And so anyways, graduate college and I'm just suit, I mean, graduate college and you're just like super lost in general of just like, what do I do with my life? Like, do I really want to go into this career that I I picked? And I also had the identity of just like, I'm a gymnast. I'm that's the only identity I've like had for so long. And so I think that tied into how I like continued my like gym regimen of just everything had to be super intense. Like 
Um, I wanted to like keep up that level of athleticism because I wanted to keep up that certain identity. Um, I suppose this is all hindsight thoughts. Um, and so I continued to go to the, the gym just as much as I went to the gym, um, as a gymnast. And, um, it really, I always, and I don't think I'd ever had like a really good relationship with exercise either. Um, it was always extremely transactional. Like I didn't really enjoy going to the gym at all. Um, it was always based on like, um, trying to maintain a certain body type or I'm going to go on a vacation. I need to like look a certain way, or I ate too much over the weekend. I need to do X, Y, Z, but like never, ever would you ever see me doing like a yoga class. Like that was just like out of the picture. So it was always like super high intensity cardio. Um, I also never lifted either. Cause like once I graduated from college or just retired from being a gymnast, we'll say that, um, I just like always got a lot of comments on like, I don't know, like you're super muscular or like whatever. And I'm just like, I just like want to look like a woman. I don't want to look like, <laughs> I don't want to get all these comments anymore about like how muscular I look. And so I would never touch a weight. I only did like cardio, things of that nature. Um, and so it, it never got like super obsessive, um, until it was like around like my, my wedding, like it always was very transactional. So I just never had a base, like great relationship with exercise in general. But then when it came to my like wedding time, that's when things just like intensified. And it was just like, I was going to the gym twice a day. I was stepping up my cardio. Like it became even more transactional than it was before, because it was like, how do I have to hit the certain weight. I have to look this certain way. And like, um, and so anyways, all through that, um, then when I got like, when I went, started to go through recovery, we'll, we'll fast forward to that spot because my exercise journey was always looked very similar. So then going through recovery, I did slowly taper back my exercise very, very slowly. As far as like, I was running like six miles a day, I would take it down to three miles a day. And then it was two. And then I like slowly cut out cardio altogether. And I remember trying to go to my first few like yoga classes. Like I literally wanted to just like crawl out of my skin. I was like, Oh, this is like, I can't believe I'm like, stooping to this level like these are just awful thoughts that I had in my brain I'm just like I literally I cannot slow down this much so um I it was it was weird during AJ recovery for me because I would just I would go back and forth of just being like oh no I'm okay in this like slowness and and cutting back on the cardio and then like when it got way way too uncomfortable I would revert back um and so I I did eventually get my period. Um, and it was like an obligatory. Um, so <laughs> that was like a huge wake up call for me. And I'd actually had been so resistant to the entire process, not just like letting go of exercise and all the things of that nature. So I think that was just like where I decided that I was like, you know what, I'm so tired of like being so resistant to every freaking thing. I just like kind of almost broke in a sense. And I'm like, all right, this is, 
is it called my recovery after the recovery? I was like, actually, I'm going to just like let go of exercise for like the next six to eight months, maybe even a year and just like not exercise at all. Maybe just like walk and things of that nature, or maybe do some yoga here and there. Um, and, uh, that's, that's what I did. And it's been over it's it's almost rolling on two years October will be two years and I would say that where I'm at with exercise and I I did stick to that like no exercise I probably maybe went to the gym and did like these like 10 minute classes of like something I'd find on YouTube I'd be like 10 minute legs and I would do that or 10 minute arms. I don't know why I'd always do 10 minutes. Cause I was like, I can only do 10 minutes. That's all that I have the capacity for is 10 minutes. And so that's kind of like where I've been now. And I just feel like I should be somewhere different with my exercise routine. Like I should have this drive to want to exercise, but honestly, I feel like I have been in the gym my entire life. Like 18 years of gymnastics and then 10 years after that and all being just like in the gym. And I'm like, uh, my brain is so tired of thinking about going to the gym. My brain is so tired about working out. Like I thinking about exercise just like is exhausting to me at, at some point. And like, when I think about like, if I ever have an itch to want to go to the gym, it's more because I have an itch because I want to change my body and it's not because I want to go move my body so I don't think I actually like really enjoy um the gym because it it was always transactional I never went for any other reason besides like changing my body um so it's hard to go to the gym now without like that being the the main driver of just being like, well, I just feel uncomfortable in my body and I just like want to change it. And so my, where I'm at right now is just trying to find things that like really, really light me up. So obviously Danny has me on pickleball and I just need to find a pickleball court around here, which I live in Florida. So there are probably a plethora of them and everywhere. Um, or like things that also, I want to try like horseback riding, like a, some sort of dance class. Um, so I just like, I just need to get back into it, but like, I'm actually super okay with like where I'm at because I, I'm in a, just a season of life where exercise isn't like, um, it's just not like a huge priority of mine at all. You know, just going through the HAP certification like, you know, really getting into coaching and we just moved to Florida and like, there's just so many other things happening in my life. We're traveling a lot. Um, so it's just, I'm prioritizing so many other things over that. I'm sure is this going to like ask me in six months where I'm at with exercise, I might be in a different place, but I feel okay with where I'm at now. Mm. Um, and that's a goal is to feel okay with where you're at. Right. I think that you like a lot of people's concern um is that there's like a fear that they won't want to work out as much as they do now I had that fear I was like oh, like what if I don't what if I stop and I like it <laughs> and I don't want to go back to the punishing two-hour workouts a day that I would do most days per week 
um, which is such a funny way to look at it. But I think that's really like, you're really in the mindset, you know? So the, the goal is to become just okay with where you're at and what you're doing, no matter it. And I just really think that that like sums it up entirely. Yeah. It's like, I totally get that thought. And I think everybody goes through that. And I think that just is like, and like, like you said, it's just a representative of like, where you are at like like mentally and like the way you think about exercise if you're just starting recovery or you're in the middle of recovery the way you're thinking about exercise right now is definitely not the way that you're going to be thinking about it in three months or six months or even like a year from now I feel like my relationship even post recovery continued to evolve and it I think it did take me at least like a year and a half post recovery to get to a, an extremely like neutral place with exercise of where it, I didn't have to make it mean so much. And yeah. So hopefully my story didn't scare anybody. <laughs> nah, it, it didn't. And I think there are going to be some people who where that's what they want to hear. Good. But that's like what they were able to do and where, where you were able to go. I'm not going to give the background of my exercise history because I've talked about it so much um, on the show, but it was good to hear yours because we haven't. We really talked about like, your story overall, like on your episode, um, more of like a big timeline. We didn't like narrow into, you know, what exercise was like for you. So I think that that helpful background. Um, and the exercise, I'm just going to like, talk about some things that have come up recently in conversations with people with concerns around exercise because there's so many that like you could just do like a month-long series on the different things that people are concerned about um but sometimes like people will say okay fine you know I'm, I'll stop the training or I'll heavily decrease you know the exercise and then they'll go back and they'll do something or maybe they'll even just be moving around the house (laughs) like and they'll feel fatigue and they'll feel quite tired doesn't happen to everyone but some people suddenly do and they'll go back to the gym um and they'll like not be able to lift as much as they could you know only two or three weeks or run as fast as they could or as far as they could and I think that that's fascinating um because because they get very upset about it. Mm-hmm. That's what's fascinating. So I think physiologically, there's an explanation for that. There's a couple of explanations for that. Why you suddenly feel really, um, you know, tired and sluggish. I think a big part of it is you're finally allowing your body to enter into a parasympathetic nervous system that you just like never experienced and that women are supposed to be tired sometimes, right? Maybe not to the extreme fatigue level, but like, it's okay to not be chasing 24 seven mental clarity and high energy. But the, the panic that sets in about like things are changing and my, my ability um, to be fit and strong and like maintain my gains and be fast or whatever is, is immediately disappearing before my eyes, which is the fear, right? That is the fear. If people, temporarily stop exercise because what else could it possibly be right 
Because if you truly believed that you could take a break from exercise and be absolutely fine, right? Like your fitness, you'd be able to regain your fitness, like a temporary loss in cardiovascular fitness or strength is to be expected, but you will get that back quite quickly. If you have a history of being trained, you know, if you could fully embrace reality, that that is what is going to happen, um, it would be fine. But it's so hard for people to take a break from exercise because the fear is it's all going to go away. So they make the steps, they, they do the, the brave thing and they reduce the exercise or they stop the exercise. But then, you know, it do, they do, they do feel physically weaker or more tired or slower and panic sets in. And now we don't know if it is this the right move because I don't know if HA recovery is working. I don't know if what I'm doing is moving me in the right direction. So now I'm just without a period and I'm gaining weight and I'm losing health and fitness or whatever, you know? Um, and so it's a really scary time. And I think it's um, just a good reminder for us to check in with ourselves on like reality. You know what I mean? You know, how this actually works. And you all know that that's how it works, right? That it like a month off, six weeks, two months, shivers, even six months, you can still get, you could still get pretty much back in fighting shape very quickly, right? And you know that. So, you just actually think you're the one unicorn that that doesn't apply to. That, that well, for me, it's all going to go backwards. And if that's not the case, it's, it's um well, like I was saying before, but what if I like it and I never go back? Mm-hmm. It's like totally manipulating yourself. Like there's, you are manipulating yourself by saying, no, no, no. Because if you stop, you might actually be happy. <laughs> and so, and we don't want that because we don't give a shit about happiness what we care about is discipline and being lean and being strong and having people compliment us and appreciate us. Your happiness is worth nothing compared to that. You know, and that's what's so sad. I think we've forgotten how to be happy because how many times have you seen, and we experience this every day, even still, like, you know, years later, where you're just like, this is awesome. I didn't expect this to be awesome. I thought this would suck. So we just blow it up in our mind. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because... I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So... In this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies 
mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. <laughs> totally blow it up in our minds. Like, I feel like where I'm at right now, I have this feeling of like wanting to be ashamed with where I, how active I am, whatever. But I'm like, I don't, I actually really love the quality of my life and it doesn't revolve around exercise at all. And like, if anything, it's kind of just like a side thought, same thing with food, food is the same way. Like food used to take up so much space in my head and in my life. And now what well, we were just talking about the retreat and we we're just like, I feel like my taste buds are so bland. Like I can just make anything out of anything and like literally not care, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just food. But that wouldn't have been me like two years ago or freaked out about that conversation. Same thing with exercise. So I just, yeah, I feel really good where I'm at. And I wouldn't have had that thought or all the thoughts that you were just talking about. Like I literally all, I went through all of those things in my head, but I obviously had an extreme, um, I don't know, I guess issues or struggle with happiness. Like I was so unhappy and I think you're totally right. I think so many of us kind of have this belief that like life needs to be hard and, and in order to be successful, like you need to struggle or in order to be happy, like there has to be this sort of struggle before you can earn this happiness. There's like, it's that transactional thing, you know? Totally. I think that that like you need to struggle to be happy thing is so real too um, because people, you know, know that they're not very happy with what they're doing because oh, I'm, I'm unhappy with my body or I'm unhappy with my results or maybe you are happy with your results, but then like, why can't you slow down? If you're, you know, if you're happy with how things are, how come? I um, would. I would argue, are you actually happy with your results or are you happy that you're aligning to societal standards? 
Like, well, exactly. Right. Like if you're actually so happy with where you're at, um, you would honestly trust in your body and be fine to do, you know, do the thing. So like there's totally some anxiety about how this is perceived externally. And I don't care how you try to pivot, swing it, right? And say, oh, no, it's really just for me. Like, I really just feel better when I'm in my gym community and when I'm I'm exercising. And like, do, like, we will have people hire us just to negotiate, like, exercise into the picture and try to convince us, you know, what's best. And it's like, you don't have to convince me. You have to convince like the facts, <laughs> you have to convince the chart, you have to convince the lab work, you have to convince your missing period for however long, um, you know, that that's actually what's best for you. And interestingly, you know, the, the whole, like my, my mental health, just, um, do you think that maybe my mental health would like, I would get, I would benefit from working on my mental health to get my period back. And running helps me with my mental health. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's like, I totally know what you're saying. I see the logic, but that's, we're not thinking very deeply about that. You know, if that's where we're landing on that. Right. Because what's going, that's addiction behavior. Right. Like I would, uh, no, alcoholics, right. I know I'm an alcoholic and that this is a problem. But I would just really feel better if I had a glass of wine. And then I think if I had that one glass of wine, it would then help me focus on my sobriety. What? <laughs> what do you say? What are you talking about? You're not going to have just one glass of wine and it's not doing anything for your sobriety. Like, uh, and, and that's why it's such an interesting, um, like paradigm because you can't see it. And that's the value of coaching, of course, is we're able to be like, Hey, you just said this. And just so you know, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but when you're on your own, that's hard. It, it makes genuine sense on your own. Oh my gosh. We're the best manipulators. Like. I can gaslight myself all day. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So current so you know, the reality is we we need to do the exercise that is appropriate for us. For most people, it's very little low intensity exercise. And I think something else that's interesting is we just don't that just is different to everyone. What does that mean? You know, what do you think about Pilates? What do you think about walking? What do you think about well, I usually run 50Ks, so what if I just run 25? Um, it's different to everyone based on like their experience with exercise. So mm -hmm. for me, it was going down from five days to three days and three days to two days. You know, as you're slowly discovering that even three days is too much, that even two days is too much, that that like you can't just take your two hours of lifting and replace it with two hours of walking. It's not going to make a meaningful difference and there are people who see results with negotiation that's not untrue but there are there's no one who sees optimal results with negotiation 
in the picture around exercise. And we pre-warn people of this, right? When like, because we'll work with we'll work with almost anyone, you know, um, if they want to try to recover and continue training, we will meet them where they're at. Because who am I to say it's not possible for them, right? So we're going to begin with what they want to do, you know, however much training they want to do. Sometimes they set the pace. Sometimes they ask for guidance um, and then we just collect the information. And so then if you've been meeting with me for six weeks or whatever, and nothing, no bueno, then I am am going to start to take over the negotiations. You know what I mean? And we're like, that's, that is the exercise journey is figuring out where are you now? What are you willing to do? Um, how long are you willing to do it for before you know it doesn't work? How do you know that it's not working? For the love of God, figure that out because otherwise you'll convince yourself that it's working. And um, you know, be like you have you have to be willing to be not in control of what exercise might look like for you. You know what I mean? surrendering to the process I think for me like just where I was at in my relationship and all of the layers that was like kind of like under it um like the unhappiness like what was driving my need and desires to go to the gym like I had to go cold turkey in order to like repair my relationship with food I tried the tapering back thing and then I would end up relapsing and going back and all the things and I just for me personally for me to unravel everything that was underneath I had to like go cold turkey to get to a place where I was like in a very neutral relationship with exercise that not saying that that needs to be everybody's path but if somebody is feels like that is what is is going to benefit them, but they're afraid to go down that path, like encouraging you to take that leap. Okay. So um, what exercise looks like now, you kind of shared, you already shared. I'm more like, this is where I'm at and mm-hmm. I'm happy with it. You know, I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a recent conversation or- was that did we do a podcast already recently about like sport yeah sports versus exercise and like having fun and um we have been talking about this a lot so we absolutely feel very passionately that uh the intention behind your exercise and where it's coming from matters deeply and that you cannot get there um without backing way off and rebuilding up i really think that um very few people can re like can rebuild a, re- a relationship with exercise without having to literally rebuild from the ground like you can't renovate it <laughs> you gotta bulldoze it and rebuild it sure. uh, it is true like it has to be taken away and i really find that that using like seeing how it's affecting your body you know using the recovery process seeing how your body responds to the rest how you feel with the rest like how how it actually makes a difference. For example, 
I used to live my life like groggy. I used to like be really groggy in the morning and it's quite stiff and just like crunchy and crusty because it, things were popping, you know, need to stretch. I'm always needing to foam roll. That's obviously a like, but in my head, um, I don't know what I was thinking, honestly. Like it, it just, it didn't dawn on me that like, maybe that's a sign that I'm feeling run down that I'm always a bit groggy. Like I lift so much that I'm like constantly crusty and need a massage. I, I would, I was obsessed with massages. <laughs> I would get like a weekly massage just to like be able to keep moving through the world. Probably. But I feel like in your head, you're probably like, oh, this is a good thing that I feel like yeah. this. I'm like, I'm like that. This is just what it's like to be an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> And, but I'd been in that for so long. I forgot what it's like to just feel good most of the time. And now I'm addicted to feeling good. And um, so we've, so I have gotten back into pickleball, as you guys know. All right. So just stay tuned for the HA pickleball retreat coming up. But <laughs> I'm into it. Clients are getting into it. Like at the Sedona retreat, a bunch of people want to get in, like we're getting into it. It's great. Um, and sometimes I get serious. I get like really serious. And my husband's super into it too. So we'll like go early in the morning. We'll have breakfast, drop Zara off, do the thing. And then we'll go like drill. <laughs> we'll like drill, practice like we think we're athletes. Um, and, you know, maybe the next day we'll go play doubles or we'll play singles against each other. And like, I might play really hard or practice really hard like four days a week <laughs> which is has had no repercussions on my menstrual cycle really um honestly actually it might a little bit <laughs> my my bleed did get a little bit lighter recently and I was like oh interesting so I'm troubleshooting that um because I you know I'm also connecting that with the fact that I'm noticing more days where I wake up feeling like that like a little bit crusty. Mm -hmm. So even though um, it's really fun and the intention for me is like, is just like, no one is playing pickleball to get jacked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the, the intention is definitely to have fun. Um, but even that can go a bit far. And I notice, oh uh, yeah, I feel how I used to. And my bleed got a little lighter. I usually have like a proper um moderate bleed on the first day and now it takes a day or even two mm -hmm. the last two months to get into the actual like it's more than spotting but to like fill a tampon like I can still see the white on the tampon you know <laughs> for two days so that's not normal for me so I'm connecting the dots right and so I'll back off like it's fine um and that's that is my journey with exercise right is like this now is fun for me. I know I have a tendency to get really serious because it's so like enjoyable and I want to be the best. I have that competitive mindset. Um, but I also have to face the sad news that maybe sometimes I play more than I can handle. Mm -hmm. um, but the difference is I am now willing to, to be like, disappointed but neutral 
if that's the thing like oh it's not my favorite outcome but like I'm totally fine with taking that on board and playing less and honestly I play better when I play less (laughs) very true I feel like it's like realizing like you just are better connected to your body and like and when you have that realization where it's like oh I I don't think I can play this many days in a row or or at the intensity that I'm playing at you don't make it mean something about you it doesn't cause you stress it doesn't cause you anxiety it doesn't like you know I don't know it just doesn't do anything to your self-worth it just is it's like all right this is what it is and like I'm gonna work with what I got just completely neutral and it's just a place to be where I'm like literally I will never take this for granted yeah yeah so this was a free-form conversation about just like general exercise thoughts and I think that um the takeaways here is just like to encourage people to take a new perspective on their addiction or on their reliance on exercise to be such a crucial part of their life instead of being something that just adds like a pinch of salt to make it a little bit more fun um if you haven't listened to our exercise our exercise to our episode on um exercise versus sports i think that would be like a really complimentary conversation to listen to about this but you probably have listened to it um exercise in the title (laughs) yeah yeah like do some volleyball go to the basketball ring on your own or with your partner and just like try and get the ball in the hoop (laughs) like it's really (laughs) fun you know it's enjoyable the time goes by and like you know that that is the actual endorphins so that's a side note too like oh endorphins from exercise bro when your exercise is literally grueling you're not actually getting any endorphins (laughs) that is not what they're talking about Mm-hmm. It, the endorphins come from just like activity and enjoyment of activity there's no you know so like you're also like that's also removed you know from this equation yeah, yeah if your body's not stupid it literally can understand your intentions <laughs> <laughs> so like totally and and so that's, that's what we'll say to people too like you may be able to out eat your exercise you know like enough to support it but if your brain knows that the goal of this movement is to work off the food you ate like it knows you know what I mean so it knows it's it's being restricted from and that is the benefit of just going and moving for play so like I personally don't um do yoga I wish I liked yoga I've tried it but it's not fun for me Mm -hmm. you know and so it doesn't make the list and yoga is one of those ones that's like a lot of people use to feel like they're feel something you know feel like they're doing something um and if you're like me and that's a grueling thing to do and you're like when's this hour over and when they're like they say namaste you're like oh thank god (laughs) you know if you're like me like that that's not the move for you because like what are you there why what are you doing it for 
Just putting yourself through something else you don't want to be doing. Um, Yeah, and it's tough because this is tough to hear too because if I was still like in my weightlifting, like weightlifting was super fun to me, right? Um, But not the, the reality of that is not the whole time. Not all two hours of every day was very fun. Mm-hmm. Only very mm-hmm. certain exercises in Olympic weightlifting are fun. Certain exercises are certain percentages of weight. Everything else sucks. So if you're one of those people, you know, just only do go and only do the things that are fun. That's also what I did in the end. So I often talk about how I never completely stopped exercising. Um, what I ended up doing was backing way, way off. And I only did the things I was strong at, like that were fun for me. Like the things that I loved the feeling of that felt athletic to do kind of, you know, um, and I didn't do any of the bullshit. Just like skipped it all and then went home. (laughs) I love that. I feel like we just have like an epidemic of like people just afraid of joy and pleasure. And like, it's so taboo. Yeah. Oh, how thought provoking for everyone okay so if you're on your recovery journey weighing up your exercise options i hope this just helped give you something else to consider uh, and i want to know what you've been doing what you used to do you know listener and what you have been doing now that's more fun i would love that like if people dm'd me or something you know with that um and I could share them all on the show. That would be so yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. You should have a show where you share it all. <laughs> yeah. What did you, how did you used to train and what have you been doing now? <laughs> and how good is it? Yes. Now that, it, and that's fun. Yeah. I hope this was helpful. Mishi, I will see you in Sedona. So excited. Guys, don't forget if you want to join our next retreat, go to the website, navigate to retreats, sign up for information for the next one um and we'll speak to you guys next week where i'm sure we'll have another wonderful discussion i don't know what the episode is going to be so we'll see but we'll brainstorm sedona (laughs) yeah no but we have i have some interviews coming up i just i don't know who's who's up next maybe i think Lindsay got one coming up with sammy moore which is very exciting she primary amenorrhea story one of my favorites of all time so lots of good yeah yeah lots of good episodes coming up all right you guys have a great day week um we'll see you next time and thanks for listening bye hey there it's me danny and i want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking, all of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients. 
because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but i may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of ha and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything you know you're absolutely 100 percent dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my 
favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.